en een hartelijke goeie morgen. Welkom bij ons program Skrifteerlik, waar ons wekelijk saam na oplossing soek uit die skrifte. Vervra waarmee gewone mense sikkel. Die Bijbel sê in Johannes 17, 17, die woord is waarheid, heilig hulle na die woord. En Psalm 119, sê, die woord is een lamp vir my voete en een licht vir my pad. Kom dan saam met ons vir die volgende uur, wanneer ons geen steen onaangeraak laat, om die waarheid te vind en licht te skyn op die vraag uit die skrifte, waarmee ek en jy moendik kan worstel nie. Krijg dus gauw jou Bijbel en kom onderzoek saam met ons die skrifte. Dis moes nou skrifteerlik. Van jou oor, na jou hart, na jou mond, na jou voete. Word deel van hierdie lewe op 657 Radio Kansel en 729 Kaapse Kansel. And with that, we greet you from God's footstool here in Kilner Park in Pretoria. A beautiful, beautiful day in Pretoria. On this, the 21st day of June here of our Lord 2022. And uh, what an honor and a privilege. To my brother in Christ, uh, Pastor Rocky Stevenson. Morning. How are you doing, uh, brother? Are you well? Morning, Vainant. Very well, thank you. It's a wonderful day, as you said, and the offices are nice and warm here at Radio Pulpit. Yeah, we try and keep it warm, try and warm up your heart. Right, so for the next hour, this is what we'll do. You ask the questions, and we'll endeavor to find the answers in God's Word, the highest authority known unto mankind, the tip of the spear, so to speak. There is sitting in front of me, uh, Rocky Stevenson, a pastor. Rocky, you've, I think, Today's our third program. Uh, Matt is uh, taking a break, and uh, everybody says, "All right, so who, who's Rocky? How would you introduce yourself? How would you describe yourself?" Uh, just as a bell ringer, I think I've <laughs> mentioned that to you before. Yeah, I just uh, ring a bell in Benoni at Benoni Bible Church, calling on people to come and worship the Lord Jesus Christ. I find it a great privilege that He would choose to use somebody like me to glorify Him. And uh, indeed, that is a privilege. So, yeah, just a bell ringer seeking to hit the notes that the scriptures would give. And, yeah. Um, Lord willing, we'll get into that yeah. in a moment as well. We had an interesting discussion before going on air. Married, not married, kids. Tell us, tell us about that. Yeah, married um, to Maxine. We are married 12 years this year in November, 27th of November. If she's listening, she'll be really impressed. All right. That I, that I that you know remember the date that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah, looking looking forward to our 12th year this year. We've got two children, Levi and Simeon. Levi is five years old in July, and Simeon will be three years old in September. And we thank God for both of those little boys. They um, definitely give us so much joy, and yeah, so we give the Lord wonderful. thanks for them. Wonderful. Your passion for God's Word, where does it come from? Sure. Well, I think uh, In a from, nutshell. From, the, from the Word of God itself, I think yeah. that um, His Word, as you study it, as you look at God's Word, it becomes, as the um, psalmist says, sweeter than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. And so as you are studying God's Word, it, it can't do anything other but grow your passion for his word. Hebrews 4.12. Yes. Cuts unto bone and marrow, the son of the heart. Definitely. And uh, works within your heart and changes you. And so I can only attribute my love for God's word to God's word itself and toward the work of the spirit in my heart as he quickens me towards loving his word more. And so I give thanks to him for that. Fantastic. What a privilege it is. And uh, thank you so much. uh, Today, our third uh, program, 
and uh, looking forward to this brand new season. We don't claim to have all the answers. You might ask us some lifestyle questions. We don't have all the answers. But uh, we trust the Lord. We trust the Holy Spirit. We have prayed for you. We pray before we come into the studio and ask, Lord, uh, let it not be flesh, but spirit that guides us as we seek to find answers to everyday questions that you and I might have. The WhatsApp number in studio. This is how you take part in the program. You type out your WhatsApp question. You send it through to us. And uh, we'll work through them. We've got until 5 to 12. Until 5 to 12. So uh, you determine the rhythm of this program. You determine where we go with this program. We tackle lifestyle questions as well. And you're welcome. Maybe somewhere, somehow, somebody had said something about God's Word that absolutely does not make sense. Never forget it. Was it a week ago, two weeks ago, Rocky, where we tackled the question, if the earth spins around the sun and yes. God only created the sun on the fourth day, what did the earth spin around? That's questions to make you think. Then again, there's lifestyle questions. We're going to tackle a lifestyle question this morning. Uh, what do I do with the current economic crisis? Not just in South Africa, but in the world. Where does it leave me? What should you and I do? What does the Word of God say pertaining to that? And uh, will God look after us? Will He help us through this as we seem to be entering another wilderness? I'm always amazed that studying the Scriptures that God looked after two and a half million Jews, they didn't have a corner shop to buy milk and bread, and yet God looked after them in an absolutely mind-blowing way. Amen. Right, the number 82 657 in just a sideline remark, please, uh, if you have got a uh, question from God's Word, please uh, put in the Scripture as well. Just highlight it for us. Uh, just point us to a Scripture on which you need some uh, clearing, on which you need some understanding. So just put that in your WhatsApp as well. 11 after 11. And Rocky, let's start off with that question that a listener had sent in through. Uh, what should I do? in a current economic crisis. Uh, we've spoken about it. It's not just you and I. It's literally the whole world. But what does the Word of God say? What say the Word van Heere? Hoe hanteer ons hierdie huidige economische, ek wil amper sê, financial bloodbath that we're about to see unfold, not just in South Africa, but in the world? Or am I prophet of doom? I don't think uh, you're a prophet of doom there, Vainant. I think that that's part of what we've seen on the world scene. America itself heading into one of the worst recessions coming up, various difficulties throughout the world at the moment. So I do think that with these difficulties at hand, it does call on us for a time of reflection to firstly look at our own hearts and confess our own sin that we may have had against the Lord. And I think that the scriptures would call on us toward that whenever there's a time of difficulty like that. In fact, the times of blessing are almost more of a trial for us. You see that with Israel and the whole book of Judges, almost 400 years of when it went well with them, they turned away from the Lord and turned to idol worship. But when you have difficulty and even worldwide difficulty like this, one of the first areas to look is, have I myself done something against the Lord at this time? Yeah. And inside of the culture of 
even South African culture, where is it that we need to confess before the Lord? And a passage like Nehemiah 1 comes to mind, Nehemiah 1 verse 4 till 11. But I'll just give a, a brief section there in Nehemiah 1 verse 4. He says, I was fasting and praying before the Lord of heaven. I said, I beseech you, O Yahweh, the God of heaven, the great and fearsome God, who keeps the covenant and loving kindness for those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear now be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your slave. I love that phrase, and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your slave, which I'm praying before you today, day and night, on behalf of the sons of Israel, your slaves, confessing the sins of the sons of Israel, which we have sinned against you. And then Nehemiah puts himself into the same camp as his fathers and those that have sinned against the Lord, and he's there in the capital city of Susa, just before Artaxerxes would send him back, to um, actually to the land of Israel to rebuild it, and he's praying for them. And a New Testament passage that comes to mind is First John 1 verse 9, which I'm sure many are, are very familiar with, which says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous yeah. to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so we should, even in this economic climate, pray for wisdom, pray for understanding, look at where have I actually done something against the Lord, possibly myself inside of the culture and Daniel comes to mind as well Daniel chapter 2 where he was praying and thanking the Lord for revealing even the mystery that King Nebuchadnezzar had and Daniel says this in chapter 2 verse 20 to 22 where Daniel answers it let the name of God be blessed forever and ever for wisdom and might belong to him and he changes the times and the seasons he removes kings and establishes kings he gives wisdom to wise men and knowledge to men of understanding. He reveals the deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness, and the light dwells with him. And so the Lord has wisdom and knowledge, and we can go to him and ask him for help in times like this. And it may be that you're in a business where things are getting difficult, where um, maybe things are difficult in your home. You can go to the Lord and ask him for help. And we know Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of Yahweh is the beginning of knowledge. Right. Ignorant fools despise wisdom and discipline. So God's word has got so much for us, even in in this. And um, uh, there's some other practical aspects like working hard. I'm sure that um, you'll be familiar with the passage in Second Thessalonians where Paul says, If you do not work, you don't deserve to. Thou shalt not eat. Eat. Mm. And so Paul gives that warning to them. And, and, and you know, there in the, with the Thessalonican church or the Thessalonican church, you have the people there going through a very difficult time. Yeah. And there were some false prophets amongst them that were saying the day of the Lord has already come. Yeah. We're now, um, you know, we're already, the rapture has already happened. We're now already in this time. And the people were saying, okay, well, if... Or they were saying he's right about to come and people were giving up their work. They weren't working. They weren't honoring him. They were being busy bodies, not working hard. And Paul rebukes them and says, get busy with working. Yeah. And so in a practical sense, keep your mind off of, I guess, the world stage, some of the things. And obviously you want to be wise and yeah. discerning, but work hard. Work yeah. hard to the Lord. Do what the Lord gives your hands to do. Another passage that is just excellent is um, psalm 37 and i'd encourage you to go and look a bit at psalm 20 uh, 37 and there you see the way that the lord is so just so faithful to his children and vainant you were saying nana about the people of israel yeah. it's just so fascinating to think of how many jews or how many 
people of Israel were traveling through the wilderness for 40 years, and you had that being part of their punishment in a sense because yeah. they'd sent the 10 spies into But in spite Canaan. of that. In spite of that, he's so faithful. And the children of the first generation that came out and through the Red Sea that yeah. died, except for Caleb and Joshua of that yes. generation, yes. they were able to put on the clothes of their parents. So God even kept their clothes from wearing out. He kept their sandals from wearing out, even though they traveled through the wilderness in such heat. And you were mentioning to me earlier today that you were in Israel, and it's, yeah. it's hot there. <laughs> um, it is. It's hot in um, places like Dubai. I had the privilege of being there for a month yeah. and not too long ago. Well, it is now a few years ago, but um, very warm. Yes. But in Psalm 37, verse 16, it says this, Better is the little of the righteous than the abundance of many wicked. And then verse 21 says, The wicked... Borrows and does not pay back, but the righteous is gracious and gives. And so these are principles to put into place even in harsh economic um, times. So don't close your hand in in harsh economic times. Be a giver. Be a joyful giver. And keep trusting the Lord. He continues to give to us. And in verse 25 to 26 of Psalm 37 is really the crux of that psalm. And it says, I was young and now I am old, yet... I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. All day long he is gracious and lends, and his seed is a blessing. And that's exactly what you were saying, Narvena. Open your hand, continue to be generous, continue to trust in the Lord, and look back and see the way that the Lord has looked after you in other harsh economic times. There's some that will remember 2008 being a really terrible time of recession in our world. And I think we're heading into a time that may be even worse than that yeah. on the world stage. But the Lord has looked after us, hasn't he? He's looked so after So not to be children. fearful, uh, be, be, because a fearful, you know, false evidence appearing real. Uh, not to be fearful, trusting God. You said something very interesting. You say, if there's unconfessed sins in your life, that we as Christians would go to the Lord and say, Lord, reveal my heart to me. Have I sinned against you? And then to confess that, I'm Indeed. just trying to put in a nutshell what you've said here. Yes. Uh, 26% of people unemployed in this country. How do we make it real? 26% of people saying, well, uh, Rocky, reality, it's harsh out there. I can't find a job. What advice do we give to somebody there where the, the grass turns into a goat, there where it's at grass root level? Do I go offer my expertise, my service for free? And and work very hard in the hope that the guy will pay me a salary or something. What what tangible advice can we give somebody? I think it's providential that you'd even ask that because I was about to read verse 39 to 40 of right. that same psalm. And it says this, but the salvation of the righteous is from Yahweh. Yeah. He is their strength in time of distress. Yahweh helps them and protects them. Wow. He protects them from the wicked and saves them. Because they take refuge in him. And so as you have that confession, you know, you, you, we are impacted by the sins of others. We're also impacted by our own sin and the world that we, yeah. we live in. We're in a broken society Indeed. in so many respects. Yeah. And, um, and I think I can speak for myself. I, I battle to multitask. I do one thing at one time and hardly do that one thing as well as I wish I would do it. Yeah. And yet the Lord still provides and still yes. looks after and still You know, there's still food in my fridge and in my belly, and there's still a roof over my head, and I thank God for this. And you you look at this and you wonder. I mean, have you ever looked at um, 
in the mall or in the shopping center as you're going through the spa or whatever and you just see aisles and aisles filled with food and you wonder, Lord, like, where did all of this grow? You know, which farmer was sowing this and yet we've still got food and we're still looked after. And, And that would lead to my next thought regarding some of this harsh economic time and that is to have a little less. I think we live in a time that is so opulent. We have yeah. so much. You know, if we if we think of our our prevailing culture of our day, we the live opulence. in a, yeah, yeah, we live in this tremendously narcissistic, me-focused, um, hedonistic, pleasure-focused and materialistic I want it and I want it now. stuff-focused exactly, yeah. you know, give it to me now. It's my way or it's the highway. Yeah. And and we see this, and it, and it damages family, families, it damages homes, it damages your life. And there's just this, it's like we've become our own God. And yeah. this, is, this is, I think, the, the first thing we need to really be repenting of before the Lord. A pastor said something very interesting. Maybe you can comment on that. He said, you as a Christian need to know when to close the circle. When is enough enough? We all in the mornings hop in our cars. I owe, I owe, it's off to work, I go. Where mm. are you going to close? the circle when will enough be enough because the hearse don't have a fenter trailer <laughs> i like the way you say i owe i owe and off to work i go um and it was supposed to be a hi-ho i owe but, <laughs> yeah. but it is exactly it's i owe i owe and so many yeah. times people are in so much debt and they've forgotten the major purpose of why they've been made they were yeah. made to be worshipers of god yeah. they were made to walk with god they were they were made to be stewards of what god has given yeah. and to recognize that they don't this is not theirs. This is his, and we're just managers of it. And this yeah. is part of what has happened in the fall of man. We have listened to Satan, and we've listened to his voice, yeah. and we've turned away from God. We've gone our own way. And the Proverbs say it twice, um, not to say that if it didn't say, if it just said it once, it would only be important. Or, yeah, but yeah. it says it twice. There's a way that seems right in a man's eyes, and its end is destruction. When you go your own way, it just leads towards heartache and pain. And it's good for a person in a time of difficulty to actually just stand still for a bit, put out some of the distractions that are around them, and to then just think to themselves, well, you know, um, what's going on here? Have I, is there a way that I've been going my own way instead of going God's way? The Proverbs 22 verse 7, uh, the next thought I had was just paying off your debts. And looking oh, at, so important. You eh? know, just actually seeking to be debt-free. Proverbs 22, 7 says the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is the slave of the lender. Now you think that exact um, little phrase you mentioned, I owe and owe and off to work I go. And many a times you realize that you land up as a slave because you owe so much. And yeah. you've, been, you've been, in a sense, materialistic without confronting that you've looked at the joneses which you always compare yourself and they've immigrated <laughs> exactly they've yeah. immigrated you know but you always look at you compare yourself when you covetous towards yeah. somebody who has more than you and yeah. you go i want to have what they have yeah. you know, when you when you are prideful you look at yourself and you go i'm much better than everybody else yeah. but when you covetous which often becomes the kind of the flow of this age then we look at somebody like the joneses and Apologies to any listener if your surname is the Joneses, <laughs> but um, you get yes. the same. And, uh, yeah. and you, you compare and you say, hey, but it's good for us to pay off our debts, to get rid of any debt that we might have. Yeah. Um, verse 9 of Proverbs 22 says, he who is generous will be blessed, for he gives from his food to the poor. You're able to be more of a blessing to others even when you don't owe. And yeah. when you don't have interest rates that are climbing through the roof. And yeah. I mean, we've had some of our basic points going up, even from the Saab 
at the moment in South Africa, and that means that your bond becomes more expensive. It does. And even your lending on a car becomes more expensive. So Mm. practically looking, and I mean, I'm not a financial advisor, so I guess I've got to put Just working from God's word. I've got to put that out there. But, you know, if you have... If you sit down and look at all the debt that you have and you're able to consolidate that into something like a home loan when you have an interest rate that is lower on your home loan compared to some of the other debt that you have and you're able to consolidate that, then great. If you're able to get rid of credit cards and store cards, get rid of that. I remember some years ago when I first got married, I had a store card for um, one of these at-home type places. And I remember seeing on that a little thing there that talked about the credit that I had or what I thought was the credit um, that I had. And I thought, hey, I've been paying into this thing. So, of course, man, maybe I've got this. And I wanted a new coffee machine and uh, decided, hey, I've got 3,000 rand here. I can buy this coffee machine. And it was – and I bought this thinking I've got the money there, but it ended up being the credit that – was available on the account wow. and we took almost a year to pay that off by the time we were done we we got rid of that account You're yeah standing in the, and the coffee machine <laughs> no, kept the coffee machine for about three years but yeah, uh, it wasn't yeah. wasn't too bad a brivel yeah. it was not a brivel sorry uh delonghi yeah good coffee machine but um get rid of the the store cards yeah. you know and then trust the lord it's yeah. not going to be cheaper um buying on credit than what it is to be be off of that so be prepared to get along with a little bit less than what you used to uh tighten the the belt so to speak and 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 be be willing before the lord and say lord we see the hardships uh uh, use this period in my life to to sharpen me as a as a as a as a two-edged sword And and it might sound a little bit um almost counter argument in a sense but you could spend a bit of money to get a good financial advisor yeah and and i mean that seems a bit strange if you're in debt but it may be that you actually realize i haven't gotten as good a schooling as i would have liked yeah. in something like this and we don't get that at school yeah, we don't, we we don't learn for the 12 years that we're at school we don't learn how to do our taxes or to do yeah. some of these financial things and you could find a good financial advisor if you're in a good local church there'll probably be some good businessmen that are part of that local church that you're able to say hey where did you go to for financial advice you know and get a good reputable person to go and sit down with and even if you pay them to actually help you think through a good financial strategy to be able to get out of debt and to stay in the clear and it is possible it is possible yeah Yeah. all right Two books um, that I just thought, sorry, Vainant, um, to to mention. Randy Alcorn writes one called The Treasury Principle, a really excellent little book. And he also writes another book called Managing God's Money. Randy Alcorn is the man, and if you're looking for that book, you could probably look at somewhere like Augustine Bookroom, which is a wonderful bookroom here in Pretoria, and they'd be helped. Much help to you. They'd even be able to, if you were there, point you to the right bookshelf yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. get a good book on. There's it. another one, if I can add to that, uh, a guy that's well known here on Radio Puppet, Hein Kruger from Kruger International, uh, a devoted a Christian, a guy who loves the Lord Jesus Christ passionately. Does he have uh, lots of Kruger ends? <laughs> Wouldn't know. Need to ask him that. But he wrote the book, The Richest Man in Babylon, which is based on on scriptures and and uh, you know scriptural advice on how to get rid of your debt and be a good steward. In in harsh economic times and how to survive it, uh, beautiful advice from God's mm-hmm. word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything else you'd like to add to that? Yeah, um, we we did a conference not too long ago called Managing Your Master's Money. Yeah. We didn't record that, but we'd hopefully have another one at some point at Benoni Bible Church. And I've got two young men that are 
brothers in Christ with me there um, who who helped me in even in that conference. I say young men, they're basically my age. Yeah. Um, so hence young young men. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they, they were part of that. One of them has his own business and the other is a chartered accountant. And sometimes there's these guys around you within your spheres that – you should be humble enough to ask advice and yeah. say, hey, this is something that I'm battling with. Hey, and that's and a thing we struggle with yes, as we, men. We, hey, we wear masks. Yeah. We're too proud to ask advice. Rocky, can you give me advice on that yeah. for fear of… Well, of, well of, apparently the health department has told us we don't have to wear masks anymore. So that's great. <laughs> I mean, good stuff. Um, All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's just some basic advice. F- first and foremost, to go to the inner room. Humble yourselves before the Lord and say, Lord, I recognize the time and the season where I find myself in. Help to me to be a good steward. Help to me, help me to be a king and a priest and a prophet and to be a good steward here on earth of what you have granted me. Uh, and God, you've quoted the scriptures. You've touched on them. God will answer your prayers. Yes. It's to glorify his name. Mm. Super stuff. You tune to Skrift. Dis wat ons doen hier 0826572729. Baie dankie vir die vraag wat inkom en um, jy kan jou vraag vir ons stuur 0826572729. Ek wil net daar met Rocky seker maak. Rocky, you happy with the next one? Yes. All right, yeah. super stuff. We uh, just conferring with each other and you can send your questions to 0826572729. 2729. Katie, you up next. Kijk hoe ruk die kopie nou. Jy het nie geweet, uh, jy is volgende. Hello Katie, thank you so much for listening to uh, Scriptural and uh, thank you for your question. She says, in the Bible it says there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Now her question is fairly down to earth. Why a new heaven? Uh, I should say down to heaven. Uh, why a new heaven? Do we find the answer for that? Uh, why does the Bible, why does God want to create a new heaven? Do we understand? What does the scripture say with regards to that? Yeah, there's, um, there's two different ideas regarding heaven. And really looking, the old translation will say something like the firmaments. And God had created the earth and he'd created the heavens. And at the end, right at the kind of like full-on pendulum swing at yeah. the end of the scriptures, we find that there is a new heaven, a new earth after the thousand-year reign of Christ, and Satan is loosed, and he uh, deceives the nations once more, and there's a final hurrah, and there's, there's then the final destruction, and he's thrown into the lake of fire along with all those that have followed him, and you find that judgment has happened. You find that God then creates it all new, and part of the reason I believe that he does that is because of the taintedness of sin that we yeah. find Early on in Genesis chapter 3, when you find the the evil one, Satan, who was one of the angels of God. Yeah. And he, so the, the light bearer. The sin that yeah. happened is not just on the earth. The sin happened within the heavens. You have a third of the angels that rebelled and wow. joined Satan in going against God. Yeah. And this, I believe, scripturally, that... That this happened after creation. There wasn't something called the gap theory, which some people that hold to Genesis one and two. Thing, yes, mm. um, there wasn't that that happened. But you find that after creation, once he had said everything that was created is good, this is all yeah. good. Yeah. You have Satan fall, and he's a chief cherub. He's the angel of light. He takes a third of heaven's angels and rebels, wants to usurp God and take his place. So sin happened first in the heavens before it happened on the earth. And therefore, there's a need for a, a complete scrubbing, a complete 
new heavens and new earth where there all will be made right. Everything oh. that is wrong made right. Everything that's broken made healed. And you find that this new heaven and new earth is then never been tainted by sin and never will be tainted by sin. And all A that promise is, old from is, the Lord. is done. Yeah. And so even if you think of um, Noah's time, you had the flood that the earth was wiped out yeah. by the water. And there the promise was given in the rainbow saying, you know, whenever you see this, you can remember the covenant yeah. that I will not destroy this God. earth again yeah. with water, but yeah. I will destroy it with, with fire. Yeah. And so you have, uh, in a sense, at the end of the scriptures, this this culmination of everything that now was is yeah. done away with. And, and you also see in Revelations the, 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 the planets and the universe almost imploding. You see the stars falling to the earth. You see, uh, you know, turning into chaos. And uh, as you're speaking, it, it, it just starts making sense that there will be a need for a new heaven. Yeah, there's definitely not been a big bang, but there will be. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming, and, definitely. Um, and all need to be made right with him all and right. to walk rightly with their God so that right. they might be with him in that place. All right. Uh, Katie, I think this is the time where we ask you, are we sure, you and I, that we will be part of that new heaven? Yes. There's a final destination. Mm. Uh, there's a choice to be made. Are you 100% sure where you will spend all eternity? Will yes. it be in that new heaven or will it be... Away from this God that we're mm. talking about, mm. utter darkness, chaos. Yeah, and um, if you're looking for the reference, that would be in Revelation chapter 21. Yeah. And I just find it so fascinating that you find the scriptures going from one end all yeah. the way to the other end, where you have now in the beginning in a garden, but in the end in a city. And the Lord just showing us that from Revelation 21. All right. Katie, I hope that answers your question. Thank you so much. And uh, we've got some very, very interesting. Now, uh, this next question can bring discomfort. Let me put it to you very clearly. Uh, we're going to uh, have a, a discussion around something that has brought a lot of discussion and a, a lot of debate and a lot of discomfort uh, to people. So uh, uh, thank you so much. The question simply is that, um, is it allowed for women to wear earrings? Is it allowed for women to wear earrings? Is it sinful woman to wear trousers? Help me recht is Rocky om een broek te dra. Nee, is het vir vrou recht om een broek te dra? And then the pen ultimate that's caused so much debate, so much discomfort and so much hardship for so many people. Is it right for women to preach? Um, doesn't say to be the head of a congregation, but is it right for women to preach? Rocky, looking at the scriptures, this person says, what does the Bible say in this regard? What say the word for the year? Yeah, first, first Peter 3 verse 3 would be a, a helpful passage to think through this regarding the adorning of a woman. All right. And I, I, I think that we need to be careful not to become legalistic in mm. the rules that we would bring we do want to recognize the freedom that we have in Christ yeah but we do see in the scriptures a a definite desire from God's word for women to be women and for men to be men yeah and 
when I say what a woman is, there's a whole documentary on that because today it seems people are so confused. We're yeah. talking about an adult um, biological female. Yeah. And yeah. God would call on women to be womanly and yeah. men to be manly, manly and to not yeah. be effeminate in the way that men would dress or the things which they would wear. Yeah. But First Peter 3 verse 3 says to a woman, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair, the putting on of gold jewelry or clothing that you wear. And you find then he says, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. The only but, scripture that says which is precious in the sight of God. Eh? Yeah. So this wow. is precious before him that a person that, that has this inner person. A woman. A woman. A woman of the inner beauty that is before the Lord like this. But yeah. that doesn't say that a woman shouldn't wear any form of jewelry. Or I, I do think that we've got to be careful, especially inside of the church, that we're not a distraction to one another with what we wear. We we come on the Lord's day to worship the Lord, yeah. not to worship one another or to be distracted by one another. And that goes for both women and men yes. within a congregation. Yeah. I do think there are times that you, you need to be careful and I'd, I'd say that cautiously with regard to some of the culture that that you might have around you. What is deemed normal in Western culture might not be necessarily right in African culture. Yeah. And likewise, yeah. both ways. Yes. And so Paul was even recommending that to the Jew we become a Jew, to the Roman a Roman. And that doesn't mean that you become sinful in those ways. You need to be, again, cautious. But there are certain practices that are more normative and normal within a Western culture versus an an African culture, for example. For example, if you um, head on a mission trip into Mozambique or Lesotho, something like um, nursing infants Mm. within the congregation is absolutely normal. Yeah. And this is something, and that, that's a cultural thing. A cultu- that's, a, culture, that's acceptable. No, yeah. you know, nobody turns their head or looks yeah. funny or whatever. You know, yeah. now, now, I mean, that in a Western culture, we would generally have totally something like taboo. a cry room, yeah. um, which would be there. But yeah. the point is to not be then a distraction towards your brothers or sisters within the church. And then in First Peter, uh, sorry, First Timothy, I believe it's chapter two, we do see God's prescription for not permitting a woman to have authority over a man within the congregation. And so I'll go with what, what God says, um, to, with regard to that. Right. So the question here is, should a woman be allowed to preach? That's the question. So from what I understand from Lydia and from other godly women in the scriptures, there's nothing wrong with preaching and sharing the gospel. Uh, what you're putting forward is that a woman should not be at the head of a congregation. Am I right yes, in understanding so, that? So, I mean, we and would, that's where the debate lies. Yeah, so, so women are called towards ministry and yeah. called towards ministry in particular, older women towards younger women, towards yeah. children. And yes, I'm talking in the context of a local congregation. Yeah. We, the, the Bible calls on men and women to be part of the Great Commission and to be sharing what what God has um, commanded them to do. But I'm looking at somewhere like 1 Timothy 2 from verse 12, and this is what it says um, there. And this is in particular in the context of the local church. I do yeah. not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yeah. Yet she will be saved through childbearing yeah. or child rearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with right. self-control. And so a passage like that looks back to creation as its first reason and says man was created yeah. first, woman was created to be a help me to man. Yeah. Now, we, we shouldn't get confused in thinking that 
because of this that one is more important than another. Right. Both are absolutely equal before yeah. God, yet they are different. Well, 1 Peter 3 says that she is an equal heir of yes. the inheritance, yes. isn't it? it definitely. Yeah. And so there's absolute equality before God as yeah. far as even a, a man and woman's both ways of salvation is absolutely through the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. And man comes through woman as well. And yes. so you find God giving that argumentation and there's absolute um, equality, but yet there's difference in role and yeah. difference in within the home as well as within the church, yeah. the male headship that God has given. Now, of course, we live in a broken world. There's many a times where a, a wife might not have a husband anymore. She's now widowed. She needs to take up some of the roles of the father within the home yeah. with the children. That's that's not God's, let's say, perfect will for that family. That's yeah. his permissive will within a broken world. Yeah. But within the church in particular, um, we do see that men are called towards that role of elder and we see that just coming up in First Timothy chapter 3. I would go as far as saying that I believe First Timothy 3 even speaks of deacons being male office bearers yeah. within the church. We have three major offices within the church, the elder, the deacon, and the church member. Yeah. But this is God's way of doing it. Yeah. Now, many a times people have gone their own way. Does that mean that God will not... Uh, reach people not at all god uses his word to reach people there's a brokenness within our world and we recognize this but it is the responsibility of the believer that when they come to god's word and they are confronted by god's word regarding these realities thy to, will be done to go yes thy will be done and to do what god has said for them to do oh, and right. to be honest enough and humble enough before god to say lord correct me if i'm wrong with this but God does lay this out and he goes back to creation. I've heard many arguments that go, you know, well, we're in a progressive kind of world. I think that we, you know, we sometimes think we're more sophisticated than what we are. If we went back 200 years, 300 years, and we looked at some of the Christians that lived then, they would do Latin, Greek, Hebrew. They would do, Aramaic, their, own, yeah. they'd, they'd yeah. do their own language. And they were, I mean, they were driven as scholars. We have yeah. so much at our fingertips, yet we are very... Um, actually dumbed down society compared yeah. to what some of the Christians before, even the Reformation Christians 500 years ago, oh, right. how they were living. But this goes back all the way to creation and says the creation order is the major reason first. And then the the deception order. Eve was deceived. Yeah. Yes, man chose to sin. And that's why we have the virgin birth of Christ. And there's yeah. much to go into with regard to that. But there's an equality. But there's different roles, and so right. that's, that's where I'd leave that. Can we say to one another that this is still uh, a question that brings a lot of debate, a question that brings a lot of discomfort, but we're not here to taint the body of Christ. We're simply here to say this is what the Scripture says. You need to search it yourself and make sure uh, God will reveal the answer to you. Do we say that to each other? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, we, we need to go to the Scriptures and trust that God will give us the answer yeah. for this. And right. He does. And the question, the last one that she's asked with uh, pertaining to the trousers is a woman. Now, I remember way back when my mom had a whole cupboard full of, of beautiful hats, man. Wasn't allowed to go to church without a hat. Wasn't allowed to wear trousers. And mm. then something changed. Never knew what, but something changed. Uh, woman allowed to wear trousers? Yeah, of course. I mean, we. Uh, it's again, I think, going back to what my answer was regarding the cultural norms i All think right. we are we ought to be sensitive to a degree right. there is um something like romans chapter 14 comes to mind with regard to the 
the stronger brother bearing with the weaker brother. If there's weaker brothers, Paul even said there regarding meat. He said yeah. if, if a weaker brother is there and they're eating vegetables and it's going to cause them to sin, me yeah. eating meat, then, then I'll rather not eat meat because right. I don't want to cause them to sin. So there's no specific rule within the Bible regarding trousers or regarding dresses, etc. I do think that there is a principle regarding being feminine or being yeah. masculine yeah. that we do see in the Scriptures, that men are not meant to be feminine. Um, and there's a scripture that says men shall not wo- wear woman clothing or women. That's, that, that's there in, inside of the law of yeah. Moses, and he writes that there. And that's that's the principle that we yeah. would that we would have. But you know, if you go to a place like Scotland, you've got men, women, men wearing uh, dresses, right? No, it's kilts. Oh, but it's yeah, but it's I'm a not cultural. Of that. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a cultural element, yes. and and it's absolutely not effeminate there. Um, yeah. Especially if you're not wearing any underwear, then it's extra manly. Apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you all remember Bl- Braveheart and too, yeah, yeah. And too much. Oh, right. But you know, so you do see an element of that. But I do think we need to be careful with coming up with rules that are not scriptural legalistic, rules. Legalistic, as you put it. And yes, there are legalistic rules that say, okay, well, now this is something that would get you unsaved, etc. Um, but also, then again, I would temper that with saying, don't be a distraction to yeah. other worshippers right. um, within the congregation. Because so we can you, have a whole discussion on that about the, the way we dress nowadays. Uh, maybe we should have that discussion one day. If I go to see a president or a king, I wouldn't uh, just wear slacks and, 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 and beach shorts and, and so on. Sure. Uh, but what is the right way to address? Yep. To and I mean, we, we at Benoni Bible Church, for example, yeah. anybody that is leading our worship service, we ask them to wear uh, smart pants, uh, a yeah. button-up shirt, and you know, to be dressed orderly, to not be a distraction. But that's yeah. not a legalistic principle that says, Very much so. thou shalt do this, otherwise we kick you out. <laughs> or, you know, um, you yes. know, we've had men coming in pluckies before, and yeah. then they say, but that's what Jesus wore, he wore sandals. You know, yeah. So um, I think we've got to be careful with this. Um, yeah. And there are elements of preference as well. And we've got to be careful to not also put our preference onto our brothers and sisters in a sense that becomes kind of like, um, you know, Bearing a weight yeah. on them yeah. that, that takes away some of that freedom that they do have right. in Christ. Right. One of the uh, rules and regulations, talking about rules and regulations, Ikasa says we have to play a music as well. We're going to take a quick a music break. Uh, Ernie Amos, I've got on the turntable. It's all about the beauty of holiness, the beauty of God's word. John seventeen seventeen, Lord, sanctify us by your truth. Thy word is truth. Uh, if you're listening to this program, search the scriptures to see if these things are so. Acts 17, 11. Yes, only Amos. Van jou oor, na jou hart, na jou mond, na jou voete. Word deel van hierdie lewe op 657 Radio Kansel en 729 Kaapse Kansel. Mm, uh, easily the shortest hour of my life every week. Uh, looking at the uh, questions that you might have from God's Word, as you have a question, the program's name scriptural, and uh, we're delving in God's Word, seeking answers with things that you might be struggling with. Got a question here, Rocky, on baptism. Na aanleiding van die vrug van die gees, wat hierdie persoon sê, ek het een familielid, wat werkelijk waar die vrug van die gees in sy leven gedraad, werkelijk een rolmodel, een wonderlijke kind van God, maar nie groot gedoop is nie. Kan hy my sê, so iemand is gered, does baptism save you, Rocky? What does the word of God say? Ja, Benant, baptism does not save you. It is one of the obedience 
elements that you should be doing as far as sanctification. And But my immediate answer would be Ephesians 2 verse 8, which says, For by grace you have been saved yeah. through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Um, your salvation is never works-based. Baptism is one of the works. Yeah. It is an obedient work and you ought to be baptized yes. the bible teaches us regarding that and the word baptizo means by Im- it means immersion it yeah. literally means immersion All and right. so it is being put under and it is that picture you know romans chapter 6 of christ has died he was buried and he rose again yeah. and it is this testimony that you give that jesus is your lord however you don't need to be baptized to be saved and i would say that um, a dear brother that is in the lord We'll be studying his Bible. We'll be looking at this. The fruit of the Spirit. Yes, and and you could be praying for him that he would come to this conclusion. It may be that he is confused by some of the... Um, some theology that doesn't hold to to that, and there's there's ways that you can get around some of that. Some folk would look at the Old Testament um, circumcision, and then they would say, "No, that was now infant yeah. baptism." Yeah. But there's no such thing in the Bible as infant baptism. The only verse that he's taken to is in in Acts somewhere where it talks about how him and his whole household i think it was yeah. there chapter 16 or so yeah, yeah. of acts, acts yeah. um where you find that the philippian jailer and his whole household were baptized yeah. and people say well there must have been children there but you know for example i spoke to you earlier vainant and you have two adult children yeah. so your whole household includes two adults not yes. two babies you yeah. can't just assume from it that it was there and then if you had to take circumcision in the old testament and say that that is what it is then why are we baptizing Adult females oh, and right. not just men. And why not at eight days? All right, uh, bye, Rocky. Okay, enough for die. Vraag wat jy dan daarvoor ons stuur het. Rocky, we've literally got one minute. Um, I think uh, that we've received a question here from Kodliwani. It says, "Good morning, Vinant. Rocky, a vraag wordt gebed. As ik bijvoorbeeld voor iemand gebed het, iemand wat een ziekte of een verslaving het, en dit aan Jezus' voeten geleerd." Uh, moet ik dan anno om te bid? Um, kan je voor mij raad geven? Do I continue to pray? Would we be able to answer that question in one minute? Sure, one minute. Um, yeah, I can. I can strive to. We we do see that the Lord lays out for us how to pray in Matthew six, and I would say that there is a good place to go and study how to pray. It wouldn't be wrong for you to keep praying for that individual because we also see later on in Luke eighteen where Jesus gives the parable about the woman who comes, the widow who comes to the ruler, and he, she keeps on bringing her prayers. And so you could keep on bringing your prayers before the Lord. And just as an interesting side note, the second shortest scripture um, in the Bible now, everybody knows Jesus wept in English is yeah. the shortest. But it's actually not the shortest in the Greek. Uh, the shortest in the, the Greek is actually in First Thessalonians 5 verse 16, which says rejoice always. And then right after that in First Thessalonians 5.17 says pray unceasingly. So there the rejoice always is I think uh, something like... 16 letters altogether and um, pray always is at like 22 but we ought to have a attitude of constant prayer before the Lord which we could bring those that are sick before the Lord but uh, maybe we should look at that question again next week maybe God willing if the Lord tarries we'll tackle that next week once again so a very short answer but Rocky Fields will uh, grab that one next week once again Rocky time to love and leave you can you believe it one hour gone done dusted into all eternity can't believe it at all absolutely if the Lord spares us we'll be back next week if you've got a question welcome people want to be in touch with you email and they send it to yeah 
pastor.bononibiblechurch.co.za. Simple as that. Uh, good to listen to Radio Pulpit, Rocky Stevens and Vinod Rousseau, but ultimately Acts 17 11 says to search the scriptures to see if these things are so. Till next time, keep well. God bless you. Search the scriptures, and I trust that the word of the Lord will sanctify you. Till next time, keep well. Shalom. Thank you.